All right, start out. Tell me who you are and what you do. My name is Wax Frias Loudon. I am the uh, Sales and Business Development Director for Equiformax Contact Centers and BPO. And what, tell me about Equiformax. Equiformax is a woman-owned contact center outsourcing company um, headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. And we have um, several site super centers in the Philippines and three locations in the Philippines where we employ um, over 8,000 employees right now. Awesome. All right. So here's why I wanted to talk to you. We bumped into each other in San Diego, right. and now you're at CCW right. in Las Vegas, Nevada. And um, here's what caught me about your story was you started out as a call center agent in the Philippines. Is I, that right? I did. That's correct. And, and uh, my first corporate job, as a matter of fact. So I've been with ePerformax and my whole contact center, call center journey. Oh, here um, comes Rob, Rob Mullen from... From, we're, we're in the middle of a podcast, CX in the Wild. That's, that's why we call it CX in the Wild. Uh, yeah. Because good. So yeah. So I guess we'll we'll catch up with you later. Yeah, we'll you Safe later. travels. I want to talk to you about uh, your journey map and tell you something we did. All right. And then are you in for the BPO series, the the small piece? Yeah. When can we finalize what I need to know from a timeline standpoint and when the payment is due and all that stuff? Okay. We'll we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> love that that you're going to be part of the BPO series this 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 summer. That's so, exciting. so you started out first corporate job, but be, let me let me ask you the questions because you're going to go into a sales or a, you're going to go into a story that's in your mind, but I want to test it out of you. First day on the job as a call center agent, take me back there. Tell me tell me what happened. I uh, <clears throat> pardon me. I honestly I have no idea what what it's all about. This is to early 2000s, uh, in my idea about contacts or call center work is, you know, you pick up the phone, you help someone looking for a phone number. Uh, it's more, more like a director assistance. I think back in the Philippines, that's what we understand about or our knowledge about call center job. And I, I went in, I came from an entertainment um, work. <clears throat> I used to sing um, professionally in the Philippines. As you know, as you know, most Filipinos can sing and, and they love music and karaoke over there. And I thought, like, hey, um... <laughs> let me just stop you right there. No, I didn't know. You didn't know that? No, you're like, oh, you didn't know. That? You're like, I you know all Filipinos are amazing singers. <laughs> We're all in entertainment. No, but okay, back to the call center. You right. get in there. You're like, you think yes. it's going to be directory assistance? Yes, that's, that's what happens. That's and and it was a little. It was it was a little bit of that. Um, I used to work for NCI. The first um, account that I was part of was actually NCI. Which was later on um, bought out by Verizon, Worldcom, or something. Anyway, okay. anyway. So, so you're you're at this crossroads. Yes. You're like, answer the phones, famous singer. I'm gonna go with answer the phones, answer and you've been phones. happy ever yes. since. I've been I've been happy ever since. So you, um, you're answering the phones. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then what's the next, the first promotion that you get, and how long did it take? It, it took me about six months. I think I'm I'm. I'm Thankful for the fact that I was I'm at the right place at the right time. Okay. You're looking to uh, develop new leaders at that at that point. This is you know in the preliminary stage of contact center a business in the Philippines. Um, where there's not a lot of training management training uh, at that at that time. Okay. You know it's, it's still a lot of discovery about the culture, about the people, the the skills of the of the Filipinos. But <coughs> I've always wanted to be someone who really want to do my job really well. That was just my commitment to myself. And one of, it's funny, it's 
it, it's funny because one of the rules in our in our center is um, English only policy, where where you know um, anyway whenever you step in the facility, it's a, it's speaking other than English is a no no. So we can continue to practice and hone in skills or in English communication skills. And fortunately on my part, I graduated. My background is in communication arts um, back in college, and I okay. actually had a, um, a major in advertising management. So coming in, I English speaking was already something that I really loved doing. So it wasn't it wasn't so much of an adjustment. Okay. And I stick with it. And when I when I came to the contact center world, I know it's one of the uh, I guess skills required. So I embraced it. I set an example to the rest of the, <clears throat> the Filipinos that I work with that my commitment is when I'm there, I'm going to speak English and, and really continue to be better in that. And <clears throat> My leadership team saw the, the, I guess, the potential for someone like me to not just uh, be a leader, but at the same time to inspire my fellow Filipinos. So I was given some training, um, and and it was more of like a sink or swim situation. Hi there. I know I'm. I've been the downside of doing a podcast in the wild. Right. Hi. You're on. You're on CX in the wild here with uh, Wax. Nice seeing you. I'm so sorry. I made no, it's fine. That's it's why it's good. called CX in the Wild because yeah, people stop by. Fun. But yeah, it changed me tremendously as a person. Um, I I don't I can't even remember how I was. My personality, my confidence level, um, 17 years ago. Obviously, it's changed a lot. There's not a lot of Americans at that time. There's not a lot of exposure for Filipino, you know, for Filipinos in general in our culture to work with Americans on a face-to-face basis. So that's that's kind of like um, it's a little bit um, intimidating for a lot of Filipinos, but I was I was just lucky to be given that opportunity to be in that space to uh, be work with Americans, understand their culture, how you know their work ethics, and and um, I'm so I'm so glad to be at the right place. You are you're very good at bringing it back to your business, but this is a podcast about you. Okay. So you got your first promotion, yes. and you're a leader. You you found uh, you were seen. And it helped you grow as a person. What was the next promotion after that? Uh, first promotion, I was a, I was a coach. So I was uh, from um, agent. I was handling a team of. I was a team coach. Was handling about fifteen agents under my under my team. What's the number one thing you coached your people on? What did they struggle with? What did you help them overcome? Um, it's really, I guess, understanding the the role, because at that time. Um, they, what they know is to, is to just come to work and show up, but there's not a lot of, I guess, commitment in the sense that I cannot just be an agent, but I can learn something beyond that. I can also be a leader like Wax. I can also be, you know, a coach someday. So the, the, I guess the leadership, um, uh, skills was one thing that I, I sort of passed on to people that I worked with. Did you come from Filipino privilege? I, I did not. I had a humble beginning. So, so because here's what I heard you say. You said, I, I, I graduated from college with this yeah. comms degree. I was a famous singer. Like, yeah. that sounds like you came from privilege. <clears throat> Take me back leading up to, to the famous singer part. So, I was, I've always wanted, I've always loved singing since I was a kid. Okay. Uh, I think that's a gift that I've always been thankful for and, and treasured. Um, back in college, as a matter of fact, I was one of the scholarships that I got was from being a member of the choral group. So when you're okay. part of a choir, 
got a certain you know privilege, got certain um, I guess uh, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> pardon me, term I'm looking for is scholarship. So I took yeah. advantage of that, and I know I've always wanted to sing, and at that time. Uh, there's a lot. There's a big business for Filipino entertainers to perform in um, hotels, bands, and and you know, in bars. Uh, we call them show bands at that time because you sure. also, you know, it's like a party music, right? So um, since I've always wanted to sing after I graduate college, and my mom asked me to promise, make sure you you finish college first. I know you love to sing, but promise me that you're going to continue, finish your degree, and you can do whatever you want. So as soon as I get my diploma. Um, I graduated with communication arts degree. I told my mom, here's my promise. Now I'm going to do what I want. And yeah, it started, started rough as well because um, the salary wasn't really good at, at that time. But I, I, I know that this is something that I love to do. And eventually it, it um, helped me bring food to the table and be able to contribute, contribute to my family. Um, and, and do you have a family now? I, I don't have a family now. Okay. Just, just but my to mom, your right? mom. Yes. If my family, meaning my your, yeah, your my mom. sister, my mom, you know, which is common okay. in the Philippines. So I help out in the family. Um, so, and then after that, when I was in uh, a band, my band at that time wanted to go up, up, up in the Middle East. They want to perform at the Red Carlton Hotel in Manama in, in Bahrain. And I didn't feel like going to out of the country. And so I decided, like, wait a minute, I'm a graduate. I'm sure there's some job out there. The first thing that I, um, um, newspaper ad that I saw was ePerformats. I walked probably five miles because I don't know where to find it. I was in my, you know, tried to be corporate looking as I could and I was sweating like, literally sweating like a pig. Um, getting there, I had an interview. Um, it was the most, I guess it was the most um, scary situation because I've never worked in a corporate setting before. And that was my first time to, to um, you know, to apply for a job like that. And Stars aligned for me. And, are, BPO, and here we are. are BPOs a good thing or a bad thing for um, families that are not from privilege? It's a good thing. It's a, it's a good thing. Um, Why is that? It's it's a good thing because it it gives it gives us the ability to earn more money. Before the contact center um, business in the Philippines, you work at the restaurant, be a you know work at McDonald's. Um, or if you're um, fortunate in life and you have you have degree, you can work in a bank as a teller. Or if you have you know a medical degree, you can work as a nurse. But that's education is not free in the Philippines. It's not affordable for everybody. Um, if you're s smart, then you can get a scholarship from certain university. Um, what uh, the contact center actually basically for me in my own in my own opinion uh, created a middle class. Okay. Um, there's not a lot of people in the past that could, could afford to go to Europe or go to even Singapore, nearby Asian countries. But now it's 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 a common thing. It's not even like something that's shocking for one person to say, "Oh, I was I'm going to go to Paris next next week." It's because uh, the contact center pays more than the regular job. Um, it's uh, an opportunity for a lot of Filipinos. They love it because it gives them an opportunity to make money, um, help their family, uh, provide for their family. Join the middle class. Yes. What what is what is uh, normal? Not call center wages. Normal wages in the Philippines for a, a person, a working person. So because I I Google some stuff on the I internet, read, but I'm sure I don't know. I, I'd be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure at this point, but I think they make like the regular sales like 500 bases a day, which is, uh, gosh, what is 500 pesos? Uh, what? 
better Google it. To, uh, gosh. You better Google it. Yeah, let me see. 500 pesos or 600 pesos. I don't know what it is now. Um, but when you were growing up, you thought the call center money was good money. And I remember when I worked uh, basic salary for... So five seventy pesos, or um, about uh, okay. Here we go. It's literally around ten dollars. Yeah, ten dollars a day. That's what I thought. Yeah, ten dollars, ten dollars a day. So, so. Call centers are good. You were kind of good one, obviously. But you eventually got promoted all the way back to live in the United States. Yes. How'd that happen? I had, so from being a coach, I became a supervisor. I became yeah. a system manager. I became a director um, and um, handled one of the large operations, uh, partners operations for our, for our company. And then I moved to the U.S., because of the relation of a relationship, and I okay. got married, and <clears throat> moved to Atlanta. Um, that that ended that lasted for seven years. Okay. So, uh, since I was a um, I was coming for e performance on the operations side when I moved to the U.S., um, they reached out back to me and say, "Hey, Wax, we need someone on the sales side to sell e performance and um, they thought maybe I could help out and. In my mind, I am Filipino. We're selling the Philippines. I know Eperformax. I love Eperformax. I know our culture. So why not? So um, stars aligned. Yeah, if I've, I'm the face of I'm the face of Eperformax because I'm the walking and breathing, yeah, you know, example. example of the Filipino. So when they say or they ask me, someone who's not super familiar with the Philippines and the culture, how did they eat, how, how this communication skills? How do they talk? How do they communicate in English? And I say, you like tell this, yeah. So you, um, how long have you been doing this job? I have been doing this job on the U.S. side for about seven years now. Wow. Yes. And what kind of target companies are you trying to work with? Like, who's your target customer? So basically, any um, brands that uh, have large customer base. Uh, which, which, you know, which, business to consumer. Bus yeah, business to business to business. Oh, yes, yeah. business. Mm -hmm. So like you know, TMOs, AT&Ts, um, that's where we come in and provide uh, third-party customer service, a contact center services for, for them, um, for whatever goal and strategy they have on that. On that side is of your the sister in a call center? My my siblings are all in Europe actually. I they're singers. They went on and manifested not, their they're dreams. They're on. They're on the, my my siblings are all in the medical field. Um, yeah, my elder sister is actually a licensed um, pharmacist in, uh, they call it pharmaconomy in, in Denmark, so they're Danish. Um, and then I have another sister who works for a government, um, elderly, like elderly care, a Danish government elderly care in Denmark. Have you gotten any of your friends' jobs at the call center? In the Philippines. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Good. Yes. Good that's a truth. That's yes. a little truth test there, because if yes. you're like, no, I would be oh, like, yes. wait a second, Wax. Yes. So, yes. so you feel like you feel like it's a it's a good thing. It creates the middle class. 
is the government is the local economy favorable towards BPOs? It, it is favorable. You know, it's it's a generating uh, revenue uh, for for the government. It's it's brought a lot of businesses, um, and at the same time, it helped in in the maturity of the people of the workforce itself. Um, back ten years ago, fifteen ten years fifteen years ago. The quality of, of leaders that you could get compared to what you could get now is is just remarkably well. You know they have uh, the global mindset. There's the exposure to the culture, to the business. Um, they have a deeper understanding of the business, not just as someone who come who comes in at work as an employee, but understanding the vision, the objectives, um, participating in you know in um, really things that could that that could improve the business of the company and the brand that they're working with. So. I, re I really like that. And even even colleges. Hi, Jerry. Yes. Hi. How you doing? I'm sorry I missed dinner with you the other night. That, that's okay. You're a busy man. Yeah, you're in high time. demand, bro. I was all over. I was all over. Man. Sorry for interrupting. Hi. Me. No, you're good. Hi. That's Hi, okay. Jerry. We're in the middle of a podcast called CX in the Wild. Wow. But this yes. is why we call it CX in the Wild because people stop by and say, hi, it's nice to see you. Maybe nice we can catch up after this event sometime. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. Oh, you're going to be at um, the uh, SSO. Which one is that? Um, you're going to be at an event uh, here at the Bellagio in yes, September. in September. I'll be at that event. Let's connect then. All right. Good seeing you, man. I'll invite you to dinner at the, the, right. at the next event. All right. Take care. Thank All you, right, sir. Safe, safe travels. Safe travels to right. you. Nice to meet you. All right. So with your... Um, Experience there. I, I, I don't. I you work for a BPO. I understand you have a little bias. I I've done a little research on your BPO. I like it. I feel good about it so far. Talking about it, but not talking about your BPO and without throwing anybody under the bus. Tell me what BPOs do wrong when it comes to the Filipino people when they're in the Philippines. Ah. Uh. Mistakes that are made, misunderstandings. I'm not looking to vilify anyone for the audience. I want a Filipino to say this is what a good BPO looks like and this is what a not so good BPO looks like. Let me see. I'm not sure how I will answer that. You can also say pass because I don't want you to say anything that's uncomfortable since we're unscripted. Pass. Okay, cool. Um, then is it is it then what I hear you saying when you say pass is generally BPOs that enter the Philippines are generally a good thing for the families yes. there. Yes. Generally. That, that you're the first person to ever pass on a question, and I love that you passed on a, on a conversation about businesses that benefit. As a general rule, benefit families. The livelihood of the people. Yeah, I, I guess I, I, the reason why I say pass is I'm leaning more towards the positive yeah. side of it than the negative side of it. There's always going to be oh, of course, negative of course. side of it. But I think for me, it, the, the positive outweighs the negative. You know, um, we work graveyard shifts. That's an adjustment to your whole lifestyle, mm -hmm. your family, your your day-to-day um, -day living. Your health, because you're yeah. sleeping at. Tell me about it, bro. It is, I, I'm never yes, sleeping. So that's that's an adjustment. I work I, on Filipino time. I, travel time. You know, it's yep. it's you know, for some people they have to take them two hours, take four or five modes of transportation just to get to work. But that's dedication. Is it good for mothers? 
Um, it's ch I would say it's challenging for mothers, but at the same time, it empowers them because they they become the breadwinner. They become the, the breadwinner or help the family uh, bring bring in more you know money money to the family, and and I think that's a sense of pride. You know, every mother not just be able to be um, to perform their role as a, as a mother, but also a financial provider. And I think that modern women and even the Filipinas are like that now. Yeah, yeah. that's that's beautiful. As yeah. you know, I work with a lot of Filipinos. Yes. I love. My Filipino friends, they're like family. I've worked with them for many years. And I've gone through to great lengths to make sure I can do everything to be key stay part of the family with them because yeah. it's a, it's a vibe. Okay. So and I'm thankful to you. I just want to say I'm thankful to you for giving this opportunity to my, you know, my people. And I, I know they're hardworking. Um the there was a, um, a survey that we did in the past in the Philippines about um, attrition and the, the, the top reasons for attrition. And you would, you'd, a lot of people would think, that, oh, it's money. It's a salary. But it's actually really the bosses. So I'm going to tell you this. My Filipino family, my business had a catastrophic failure in December of this past year. Catastrophic. Like financially should have annihilated me and my business. Now, I think you would agree with this. I paid 35 or more dollars an hour to my Filipinos because I know that if they're no they're used to making uh $10 a day, $35 an hour, it really helps those families and I did that. And I very well all my American friends, all of them said, what are you doing, bro? That's not how you do business in the Philippines. And I was just like, no, that's not how you do business right, in the Philippines. Right. And so then when I had the catastrophic failure to my business, and I just simply did not have the money to continue paying those wages, <coughs> the Filipinos, the Americans on my team, one of them uh, sued me, another one uh, attacked me, uh, tried to drag me, and wow. so the Americans turned on me. The Filipinos, they were like, we're going to get through this together. However, we have to get through it. It doesn't matter what we have to do, but we're going to stay together as a family and we're going to get through this. And I was like, so they're not in it for the money. Yes. Just like you're saying, yes. they were like, I yes. want to stay with this thing. Yes. And that's really admirable. Um, there's, that's a reason why I personally believe that BPO Industries uh, thriving and it will continue to thrive in the Philippines because there's a lot of elements, factors in development in the Philippines that makes it, a, you know, the best place for call, for call, call centers. The people, the uh, trainability, it's they're easy to train. You can train them on anything. And the loyalty. The loyalty, the dedication, and, and the gratitude. When you give them the opportunity for them to make money, and improve their livelihood, they're going to stick with you and be and be with you till the end. So I can vouch for that. Well, Wax, I, I'm glad you could be on the podcast. I really just wanted the listeners to hear from a Filipino that's been through both sides of it. Also on the American side, you have a unique perspective. I appreciate your time. And I think if we do our thing right, we'll be working together in some capacity over the next few years. But thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks, thanks for having me. This is such an honor. And this is the first time for me doing that. So um, I enjoyed it so much. Thank you, Dennis, for the opportunity.